Welcome to Gateway Geek, the podcast for those wondering what this geek thing is all about. I'm your moderator, Jess Aducci. This week, we shrug off the mundane and go geek for fashion and roleplay as we discuss cosplay. Uh, so today, I have uh, with me Pete Mazzoli from 30-something Digital's hit show, LARPing Cosplay. Well, thank you. Whoa! <laughs> I didn't and know it was a Pete, hit show. Pete, Pete, And that would be Tony Faith, also from 30-something Digital, who's responsible for that hit show. Aw. Just a reminder, this is a podcast aimed at geek-interested noobs, uh, so we want to keep content at a beginner level. Uh, to kick things off, let's dig into what cosplay is and what it involves. I mean, there's costumes and props and hair and makeup and stuff, right? Is that it? I mean, that's a lot of it. Yeah, that's a lot of it, yeah. The, uh, I think we may have said this in a previous episode, but one of the big things about cosplays and people might distinguish from just putting on a costume is that there is a certain amount of a, a role play element to it. I guess what I mean is, is that you sort of try and become the character, and there are degrees of that. It's not like you go full character all the time, but... That would are, be method acting. Yeah, but there are definitely <laughs> levels of... Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Of, of, I guess, like you said, method acting. I've always thought cosplay is, like, for me, it's, 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 um, it's playing. It's a game. It is a game in and of itself. Whether you're making a costume, whether you're wearing a costume, whether you're being a character, it is not just wearing a costume, it's playing in a costume and that's at least for me anyway if i'm putting on a costume if i'm not having fun with it it's not cosplay for me then it's just some kind of work now i know some people are gonna are gonna think and probably already think that this is somehow more kid-like i mean it's kind of like the toys episode where i had to i had to stop for a second and go, okay we need to acknowledge the fact that a lot of the audience is sort of looking at this thinking okay this is one of those areas of geekdom i don't get it isn't this for five-year-olds so Explain how adults can. Okay, do so this. I have a shop in my garage. I get to use power tools, paints, sprayers, sanders, uh, saws, drills, and everything else necessary to do cosplay. Um, and by doing cosplay, I mean everything, whether it's constructing uh, pieces of a costume or a prop for somebody or a weapon for something. Um, it's it's as much shop class for me as it is cosplay, and I just get to wear what I make in shop class afterwards. Ninety um, percent <laughs> of what I use has warning labels that specifically say it should not be around children. As a matter of fact, um, which is not to say you can't have kids involved, but um, like you're saying, there's levels to it. It's um, you know, uh, and actually that's something that's worth hitting right at the start, uh, and something kind of near and dear to me. Uh, mm. Cosplay is all levels. Whether you snagged an Iron Man mask and, you know, some Marvel-themed pajamas before you went to a con, or whether you spent, you know, six months hand-fabricating custom-built armor and lighted props and motorized weapons, those are both cosplay. And everything in between those two uh, is cosplay as well. Um, and that's part of what makes it so much fun, because, you know, if you, um, if you have kids, they may not be as, as interested as putting out the level of detail that an adult would. Um, but the same way that, you know, someone who invests hundreds of hours, uh, you know, in uh, building a model boat uh, to scale and handcrafting it and sanding it, that same type of, of work ethic and, and craftsmanship can go into your cosplay as well. Mm. So uh, let's just say they've, they've sort of accepted the fact that adults do this and it's not yes. weird. There's nothing devious or weird behind it. Um, 
why do it? It's fun. <laughs> I mean, like bottom line, like that is that's the whole reason you do it. It's fun. Um, What's fun it is about a blast it? to be someone else for a little while, to do something impossible, to uh, to create something that doesn't exist. Um, so when it comes to cosplay, why why do it, or uh, you know why why do it? Because uh, it's insanely fun to put on you know a pair of Tie Fighter wings and run through a convention center making spaceship noises and chasing your friend. Um, because that's a blast. It's something I got to do when I was a kid, and now I have a perfectly good excuse to do it as an adult. Only I get to do it to the cheers and applause of other con-goers who think it's entertaining, too. So <laughs> There is something about those crowds. It's good stuff. It really is. <laughs> but like that that's the reason. That's why you do cosplay. Um, you, um, you do cosplay because, uh, you know, for a couple reasons. Either it's either it's a love of the craftsmanship of it, um, mm -hmm. I've made numerous pieces of uh, gear and weapons and props that I've never even put on, um, that were a project for somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, and I was one of those people. You were It was fantastic. Uh, we'll have to do some more next year too. Um, so whether you're, uh, you know, making a, a satchel for someone or you're putting together an ammo belt or you're building a trident or a mace or a shield or, um, you know, a laser rifle, whatever the case may be. Um, I think, you know, one category reason why you do cosplay is because it's fun to build things. Okay. You know, you start from the very beginning, uh, loving things like Legos and stuff like that. And uh, that carries over into adulthood. So there's a crafting element of cosplay. Mm -hmm. um, there is a role-playing element of cosplay getting mm -hmm. to be somebody or something else that you can't normally be, whether it's, you know, an alien or a, a Disney princess or a space marine or, you know, whatever the case would be, a transformer. That's the role-playing part of it is fun too. So I know a lot of adults that would be very self-conscious about that though. That's the, that's the best part about cosplay is half mm. the time, nobody knows it's you. <laughs> no, really. I mean, just pick a cosplay that's got a helmet. And you're completely incognito. Have fun. As a matter of fact, there are a, a large number of um, very famous individuals that love cosplay and love to do cosplay incognito just for that reason, because they can walk around a con mm -hmm. uh, completely famous and not be noticed. Um, and that's kind of the whole, uh, this is one of the great things about it is, is that in cosplay, you don't have to be you. You, you might be um, unsure of yourself. You might be... Um, scared in, in crowds or, or self-conscious, uh, but the character you're portraying is not. Right. And doesn't have to be. So that's kind of the, the fun element of it. It really is um, kind of stepping into somebody else's shoes for a little bit. So kind of just to add something to what Pete just went on there about is, um, you know, he, he mentioned a few specific types of cosplay, like people you might have heard of, things like that. But you can also, it can also be a character of your own creation. In fact, um, mm, good point. Yeah, yeah, Pete actually talks about that in his show, LARPing Cosplay, and that's something that just we, as enthusiasts, do all the time, is we have characters that we've made up based on a certain maybe period or fantasy-type genre. Steampunk's but, really good for that. You see steam a lot of that in steampunk. Right. Steampunk alternative history is great for that because one of the big like appeals is the visual appeal of that style, that genre, and that world, so the clothing... Uh, especially really picks up in cosplay. You'll see a lot of kind of Victorian style clothing uh, mixed with a lot of 
make-believe looking technology usually lots of led lights things like that um, a lot of fun stuff kind of pulls from everywhere like like i said like victorian style dress clothing leather you know the augmented and then pretty pretty lights and you know it never hurts to glue some uh, clockwork onto it as well <laughs> for those of us that can't sew there's a lot of gluing involved <laughs> So, so we were going to have a different uh, guest on tonight who was, was going to be my sewing contingency. So Pete, as a beginner, you're going to have to represent the sewing portion I and not just the builder some, portion. I did do some sewing this year. It was, it was <laughs> terrifying. It was All absolutely right. terrifying. Those machines have needles in them. Right? Yeah. They're kind of sharp and they can hurt you. I discovered mm -hmm. that myself. Uh, so so I mentioned, you know, the, the vague details of costumes and props, hair, makeup and everything. But as we just sort of pointed out, okay, you said you make a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. um, but that that can be the costume part or that can be the props part. It's not just like you make your props and you sew your costumes or something like that. There's, uh, if you guys want to get into sort of the details of that and what it can involve, you know, um, it's it's pretty detailed i think our audience would be rather amazed by everything that goes into cosplay very rarely in my experience is cosplay done in any one medium um in a few rare circumstances it's all cloth or mm. it's all leather or something like that but even cloth inherently has other functions and, and you know belts and buckles and straps and everything else that have to be done to it mm. um uh you know that depending upon the, the character you have, girls have hoop skirts that have to be assembled and put together and braced. Or um, corsets. Corsetry, the dreaded yes, corsets. Corsets, The dreaded corsets. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it kind of goes in layers. You may have, you know, whatever you're wearing underneath your cosplay that's just comfortable and easy to wear. You mm. may have the layers of cloth that go on over that. Um, I've got a uh, paladin cosplay that I put together. Um, uh, kind of this past, it's just been coming together over the years. I keep adding more and more to it. Mm. Um, but it is. It's it's layers of you know comfortable clothing underneath, um, a heavy linen tunic over that, uh, leather armor strapped in place over that, and then there's uh, metal details, metal bracing, chain mail, and then you know carved and machined props that I'm carrying around. Um, so it is. It's it's all. It kind of stacks together in layers. Like I said, the cloth work is relatively new to me as far as making uh, garments, tunics, dresses. Uh, my wife. Uh, did a, a really fun cosplay this year. We we did we have a group uh, Star Wars cosplay that a group of friends and I do pretty much every time we have an excuse to get together. Uh, it's a whole bunch of Jedi and <laughs> Sith and things like that. Oh, really? Not large numbers of Sith. Really, I'm the only Sith. Else is a lame <laughs> Jedi. They tried to chip in this year, but it was sort of bitter. You know, last minute. Oh, bitter. <laughs> That's why I'm a Sith. <laughs> anyway, for those of you who reference, uh, in, in the Star Wars universe, there are the good Jedi and the bad Jedi, and there's the Jedi and the bad Jedi are the Sith. Uh, they're the <laughs> ones who are dressed all in black and carry red lightsaber and have very serious skin issues. I love how you explain what a Sith and a Jedi is, but you didn't even like blink when you said the word paladin. Just That's true. Paladin is, uh, is basically like a holy knight, would be the simple explanation. Yeah, but it looks like a knight smites unholy things <laughs> yeah this is true I, I should i should probably have mentioned that it's a very it's a, it's a, f a fantasy version of a, a crusader almost um a little bit of, of a magic of, element to them yeah basically. lots of lots of holy powers and and um pious justice and things like that it's a lot of fun so when you cosplay <laughs> that that kind of pete don't you feel like that gives you like more options for your props versus being a knight you're pretty much armor and armor related mm. weaponry 
actually, yeah, that was part of the reason I kind of branched out into it, um, which is a lot of fun. Another thing you mentioned, Jess, was your husband, uh, Nick, wanting to to say wanting to. I feel like he was part of our Jedi ensemble this year at Dragon Con. Are we allowed to mention Dragon Con in this podcast? Yes, you can. Okay, there were strict. There were restrictions. Why don't, why don't you just say at a sci-fi convention this year? Well, it wasn't just sci-fi. But, it was uh, Dragon Con. I, I, yeah. I really, I get it, yeah. It's just... <laughs> anyway, no, he had his, uh, he had his wizard um, costume, which was awesome. It was like all in uh, dark robes, the makeup, everything. And mm-hmm. I felt like so he black totally mage, fit in. Yeah. yeah, he totally fit in with Pete as a Sith. We just handed him a saber and said, okay, that applies. And, that's, and I think that applies with a lot of cosplay is things carry over from one genre to the other and it really just as much as the actual genres themselves can blend together your your costumes can and your pieces can get used and things like that differently and i don't know if you want to talk about this later but one of the things like pete's talking a lot about like crafting things like i have no uh, artisan ability whatsoever but i can find pieces that other people have made uh relatively inexpensively or sometimes with a bit of an investment and I build most of my costuming that way by going around and searching uh, online. Online's the big one. Etsy's my favorite, but you know, Etsy and other mm. online stores like that where people handcraft stuff. All the stuff that you would find or a lot of the things that you would find at a convention and want to purchase there, you can also find online and, and begin building your costume. Actually, that was kind of my next question, sort of. Oh, did I do it again? I'm sorry. I always no no organic no, no. segue for the fail. It wasn't. Well, no, no. It was. It was an organic segue. It makes sense. Um, basically, I was just going to mention that I've recently cosplayed for the first time, which you guys know because you were there. Um, and it, it was, was intense. Awesome. Like it's getting the pieces. <laughs> well, thank you. Getting the pieces made. You know, Pete. Obviously, thank you for that. And then making them myself, thanks to mom, um, along with like actually wearing them. So just the hoopla of getting it all on and then walking the convention floor, all of that was just overwhelming. You mm. kind of think, like, I, I feel like a noob because I'm kind of a noob to it. I feel like any noob is going to look at it and go, well, this is kind of like Halloween, right? Like, it may take a minute, but it's, I mean, it's not that involved, right? And for me, it was very involved and they weren't even complicated costumes. So, here's, I mean, do you... Well, here's the thing. We dress up to go everywhere in our life, you know? You put on a suit to go to work. You put on a costume to go to a Halloween party. You you put on a, a dress to go to uh, you know the ball or whatever the case may be or a, a, a dance. I just oh, you know, right. well I don't wear dresses personally. I'm more of a <laughs> you wear more fan dresses myself. than I do. Okay. Uh, you know anyway. But <laughs> case in point is you know you get ready when you go anywhere, and if you're yeah. if you're doing something like cosplay, um, odds are you're probably not the only one doing it. Um, you're going to a con or a costume contest or something like that. Um, cons like conventions, they're just big groupings of, of nerds that all get together. And um, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's 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 just like getting dressed in, in a really, really fun way. It's just like getting dressed. I mean, there are times when we go to walk the con floor and, you know, I'm putting on a tunic and I'm pulling over chain mail and I'm strapping uh, pauldrons over my shoulders and bracers across my arms and sheathing a myriad of weapons in various <laughs> places. Um, and then walking the streets of downtown Atlanta, and it seems perfectly normal because that's what's so you're much at a con, right? That's what's that's what makes it so much fun. It's because mm. the 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 beauty of it is is that you know, and, and I'm referencing uh, Dragon Con Atlantic, so it's the most recent con I've been to. That was back in the beginning sure. of September. I'm referencing because that now one we're because, allowed to, right? Because I'm I'm referencing that because you know, if I went out this week in downtown Atlanta, 
yeah. in a tunic with various weapons sheathed in various places, uh, trundling about carrying a, a horrifically large mace, then I might concern some people. Probably. The, the difference. <laughs> the difference is, is you know, I mean, but but it would seem no more weird than someone in a formal dress going to McDonald's. That's true. That's that is great perspective. Like that's the thing is, people say, like, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm worried about it, or I'm self conscious. It's like, come on, if if you're doing something where there's cosplay going on, you're not going to feel self conscious. As a matter of fact, oddly enough, going in costume is probably the best way to fit in, because everybody else will have not everybody else, but a large portion of everybody else will either have costumes to some degree, or have a prop, or um, a piece of of armor they recently crafted or bought, or something like that. And it um, it really kind of transcends all those. All those barriers and kind of the uh, the cool thing about it. I mean, you talk about cosplay is that you uh, you get to be somebody else, and it takes all of the the pretense out of out of meeting people. That's true. Which is really kind of a cool thing to do. Like that's similar to a lot of geekdom that we've talked about uh, ahead of time. Is that having that common interest and coming together can really help with like the anxiety of being in a crowd of strangers because oh, you're yeah, showing no that common interest. Even if that common interest is, hey, we both wore cosplay. And after that, it's completely varied and very different. Or, hey, we both have our Star Trek shirts on. Mm -hmm. yeah, it does right. not have to be drastic. That's the thing that, that a lot of people go kind of uh, nuts with it. Cosplay does not have to be, uh, you know, $1,000 movie quality replica suits of armor or, you know, fantastic uh, lighted motorized uh, Iron Man costumes. It doesn't have to be that. If you've got the time and you've got the skill set, by all means, push the envelope. Go for it. Do everything right. you possibly can. Um, but don't feel like you have to. Like I said, there, every level of cosplay exists, whether it's, you know, grabbing the plastic Iron Man, you know, helmet and, um, you know, running around with your cell phone with the little app that looks like the, the generator thing stuck under your <laughs> shirt. It's okay. That's awesome. It doesn't have to be perfect either. It can it can be a work in progress and still something oh, yeah. you wear. and. It's almost better. I, so many people want to build this awesome thing for their first costume and go out with it perfect and exactly right. And yeah, yeah, yeah you know, that's that's a total new move. And <laughs> since it's a new move I've made. Actually, I wasn't even thinking of Jess. I was thinking of somebody else. But <laughs> no, the, me. The thing that you I'm learn really quick that is too. a that's exhausting. B it's expensive, and C you're never yeah, actually going to be done with that costume. Right. Ever. Yeah. It's always going to be changing and improving and altering. And a lot of things that I started out trying to be as authentic as possible and sunk a lot of money into, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I had to, you know, fill in pieces that became like, you know, the filler piece for this because I can't find, like, I, I use this coat because I can't find a coat that looks exactly like the coat that this character yeah. wore. And I end up falling in love with my costume more because it's mine. And yeah. yes, I'm cosplaying this character, but I'm doing it my way with my pieces and my bits and... That makes yeah. it so much more personal, and I don't want to change that after a while. Hmm. Don't don't stop yourself from going out and trying it if you're interested because you don't have a complete costume. My favorite ones are the people that take aluminum foil and cardboard boxes and literally use that as a <laughs> to do like. Okay, the cardboard stormtroopers are some of my favorite parts of any con that I go to. Those guys are so enthusiastic. And it doesn't. <laughs> no, is it like the most detailed one. thing ever? But it, no, but it's got love in it. Any costume where you threw it together. And you know you really, really wanted to do it. Your love's going to show through in that costume, whether it's just digging through your wardrobe or buying a bunch of stuff at Goodwill and mixing it together. It's it's going to come through and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And, e and even if you don't think it looks pretty, there's this really cool rule in cosplay called ten foot pretty. Ten foot pretty. Ten foot what is pretty. This? 
that's where something photographs really pretty at 10 feet away. Because oh. that is that is 99.5% of what people see is 10 foot pretty. That is so, true enough. So when you're holding that piece of your costume like three inches in your face and agonizing over that detail, keep in mind that if somebody gets that close to see it, it's probably because you accidentally hit them in the face. There was something about the my Zoe costume this year. I think it was the, the vest because my mom was commenting on it. Zoe and, from uh, Firefly? Yeah, Zoe from Firefly. And uh, she's got a special vest, so we had to custom make that. And they were we were trying to get it right and it's the seams are in very awkward places uh for a girl and so my mom was looking at it and trying to get it right and whatever and, and nick was staying in there kind of just going oh, i guess that's it you know whatever and uh mom was like okay if anyone's getting this close to to see this like tiny pucker in the seam right now right um uh they they need to back off and Nick needs to be saying something at that point. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> always my it. answer to well, this belt isn't exactly like the belt, but if somebody actually says something, I'll just smack them. <laughs> <laughs> then the no first one words ever out of your mouth anything. are you are way too close to the in between of my legs. So can you give me some space, all right? Let me at least take it off and you can look at it from a safe distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the guy who goes, Well, technically, Harry Dresden didn't wear a hat. It's just on the cover of the books. And I go, Well, technically, I think the hat looks cool. And yeah. are we good? Anybody that and starts with all, the words yeah. well technically, meh. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that if that ever happens, that's like the one weirdo at the at the convention that you just go, Oh, okay, thanks, bye. And everybody else is just gonna go, Hey, cool. That that's gonna be like ninety nine percent of your reaction or people's reactions to you. And people's reactions are a big part of conplay. We talk about or Pete talked about, uh yeah, there's definitely a pretend, a role play in and you know, like an escape uh involvement to it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why I like it. I like going out on the floor, kind of getting involved in that role play enough to say, I'm not me, I'm this character. And, and you know, without crossing the lines of sanity, you know, too, too far, it's, it's a lot of fun. But yeah. the other part is, and I think this is really unique as far as geek culture goes, cosplay specifically, I feel like is really, really shines when you're with a group when you're with other fans when you're with the fans versus like a tv show or a movie or a comic book or a story yeah. that in and of itself is like where the fandom lies you can share that love of it but with cosplay mm -hmm. without other people to see you it's i mean it's the same thing like at home why are you going to dress up in really nice clothes and stand around at home i mean maybe you do that maybe that's yeah. your thing and nothing yeah. against you but honestly <laughs> Uh, on a good day, I'll have to I'm not putting on, on a, at home. I'm, you know? I'm not putting on a tux on a Saturday afternoon because it's time to get up and make eggs. I don't know. So, so cosplay works the same way. <laughs> you want to go out to places where there are other people who are wearing it or at least are appreciating it. One of the things we say about conventions is go and go see the other people fans there because the cosplay is going to be half the fun. Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. All by itself, even if you're not it's, dressed up. It's like walking through a floor show that just doesn't stop. Right. It really is like you go to a con and it's like you think you're going to get to the main event. The whole event is is happening the whole time you're there. Um, and that really is just one of the fantastic parts about it. So I have to admit in so I cosplayed. What did I cosplay? I cosplayed two things this year, which is the first time I've ever cosplayed. Um, mm -hmm. My own son, who just turned one, cosplayed before I did. Mega Man, um, right? Yeah, did, I got a yeah. picture with him. That was, that was awesome. a St. Louis Comic Con, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was St. Louis. Yep. Yeah, he's a world traveler already. He's been to St. Louis Comic Con, mm -hmm. all kinds of places. Yep. Good for him. Um, so the two that I cosplayed, uh, I've already mentioned Zoe from Firefly, and then I did Velma from Scooby-Doo. That was Which really was good. amazing. Because I sort of look like, I sort of look like Velma. So, um, In all the best ways. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I I assume everybody's a fan of Velma. Are you kidding? Well, you, you said it like with this sort of like, well, I sort of look like Velma, like embarrassed tone. That's like shout that I look like Velma. No, everyone everyone constantly mistakes my sheepishness for self-deprecatingness. Uh, I'm not being self-deprecating. I'm I'm just being like. Oh shucks. Um, so now everyone listening to this podcast knows that. Oh, okay, we're cut. Exactly. Out. Now learn, they know learn that about, about your me. host here. Messages. You're getting very personal with me here. Very, anyway, very so so I cosplayed Velma, um, but first I cosplayed uh, Zoe uh, on the floor of this mega convention, right, with tons of cosplay. I put a ton of work into this cosplay, um, and other people put a ton of work into this cosplay, and nobody noticed. But everyone noticed my husband who picked up a $50 flight suit and wore a Hawaiian shirt and just happens to look like the actor. So I, I guess my question to you guys is, because you've been to a number of conventions, you've been around a lot of cosplay. Um, what what gets attention? Because I can I did something fairly well. I am not the same ethnicity as the actress. That right, I was, was going to say that was... Just real quick on your your deal, that was the one thing. And there's nothing wrong, first of all, with cosplaying someone with a different skin tone or, or ethnicity, like you or said. Or gender. Or gender. Or height. Or height. Yeah, don't worry so much about your size and what you look like versus what the character looks like. That's not important at all. I mean, if you're going to try and, like, replicate the look exactly, yeah, maybe pick people, like you said, Velma, who you say you look more like. But yeah. if you want to do something like Zoe, who is, you know, played by you know, a black woman and you are a white woman and it's like, no, just do it. I will say, t I, I think it's in bad taste to use blackface. I don't think anybody should do that. <laughs> I've gotten that comment a number of times I've, when I've described mean, this that, problem. Yeah, that's, that's sort of like an unspoken or maybe an actual spoken thing. It's just sort of understood. But, but again, that's why. So if you play this character and you're not of the same ethnicity, you can do that and everybody will get it. But if that's, with, you're with wearing one clothing. With one, with one exception. Mm -hmm. I saw two girls that were cosplaying Peter Pan and Peter Pan's shadow this year. Oh, and cool. the one girl was in the Peter Pan costume and That's the other girl face. was in a Peter Pan costume made entirely out of black fabric with a black morph suit on and black face paint. And yeah. it was amazing. No, no, that's, yeah, that's a different that was kind brilliant. of black face, Pete. You're, you're thinking more literally <laughs> putting black colored makeup on uh, your face. Anyway, I was thinking more. I so more want to do that now. The problems right? with cinema back in the 30s, but. <laughs> I was so jealous. <laughs> but I'd have to shave my beard and cut my hair. That's the other thing, too. But Jess, your costume, mm. going back to it, had, um, like, it could have been an outfit that you could have worn. You looked a bit like a cowgirl, you know, because Zoe well, it looks it is. Like, it's a space western. Exactly. She's, she's a space <laughs> cowgirl. But there isn't a lot of space on that one. So when you talk about what gets noticed, a flight mm. suit and a Hawaiian shirt, especially on your husband's head, who looks like the actor already, it. is yeah. going to get noticed. So... Iconic pieces get noticed versus like a full ensemble. You have to try a little harder. Uh, mm. The other thing that gets noticed a lot is uh, lights. Anything with color bells and whistles and blinking lights, anything that like the person is encased in tends to draw all of the attention first because that is not something you see every day, even in a right. crowd of cosplay. Oh, per perfect, perfect example of that. So uh, the cosplay that I wore this year, my, my paladin gear. Um, I've got, you know, leather armor and chainmail and tunics and, un, you know, uh, leggings and all these other things that are wrapped up into it, um, wrapped vambrises and, and all these other things that are kind of tied in. Um, kind of on a whim with some leftover materials this year, I made a uh, exceptionally large two-handed mace. 
Um, and it looks fantastic. I love it. When people saw my cosplay, they did not say, oh, it's a great ensemble, or oh my gosh, how long did that tunic take to make? They went, oh, nice mace. So right. you get a point there. If you're wearing a costume that's all clothing, um, it's one, way easier to put together mm. and a lot easier to find and a lot more comfortable to wear at times. And you don't have to find a place to you know, put your mace when you go to dinner. Um, that's half the fun. That is half the fun. But that's, that's <laughs> the other thing, too, is that a, a really awesome cosplay, a lot of times, and this is where this is the maker and me coming out. A mm. lot of times the, uh, the cosplay can, can be made with just one good prop or one good piece whether it's mm. a certain sword or a certain shield or a certain uh, helmet or breastplate that kind of sets that character, that cosplay apart for something else, whether it's, you know, a really, really big gun or, you know, whatever the case would be. A lot of times you can put a lot of effort into one part of a cosplay. And if you've got to throw the rest of it together really fast because it's not your forte, you know, you're mm -hmm. not that, uh, an incredibly talented seamstress, but maybe you are... Um, a really capable sculptor or craftsman or um, artist that maybe you can put together that one part that you're really good at and just build the rest of it out, you know, however you can. Right. Um, so that's kind of the fun of it. You know, if you're odds are, if you walk around a, a convention floor wearing a, uh, you know, like a tan jumpsuit and black 80s style combat boots uh, and glasses, nobody's going to recognize what you are. Now, if you have a proton pack from Ghostbusters, They're it doesn't matter if you're wearing a t-shirt and shorts, they're going to think you're doing like, the Bermuda vacation version of the Ghostbusters because <laughs> you've got that one prop. I remember right. that episode. Um, and that can kind of be one of those things that's fun to focus on. Like when I talk about somebody grabbing like an Iron Man mask and a pair of red pajamas, it's close enough, you know, right. That, you know, you can really, you can make a costume out of anything. Um, I would know from some of the things I've put together from stuff <laughs> in my garage. Um, well, and you guys have already started kind of talking about this, but I mean, one of the major things I wanted to ask was, okay, we have noobs. Let's assume they've never cosplayed before. Um, you've mentioned a couple of noob mistakes, which I've totally made. So what what are some tips, just kind of like top 10 tips, and we don't literally have to count them out, that that a noob can just get started cosplaying? Oh, Pete, you've, you've done this before. I'm just going to let you take this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you've got a whole you show use, on this. Can, can you use the bathroom while you're wearing it? Okay, Great and I'm not tip. and I'm not joking. Um, right. I have a fascination with crafting very elaborate costumes involving very large components. There are some real creature comforts to take into account. Can you sit? Can you fit through a door? Can you turn a doorknob if it's not one of the push handle thingies? Are you stuck? Do you need like somebody walking around beside you where if you drop your keys, they can bend down and get them if you can't? Um, if the answer is yes, that doesn't mean don't do I like this to build cosplay. Bigger. Um, components, very large pieces and whatnot. And mm -hmm. um, even some of the components I've made for other people have been very cool things, um, but have some limiting factors to them. So um, I always encourage people, you know, is to just be aware of, of what kind of cosplay you're making. Um, and that's to say, if you are dressing up as, as Velma, odds are it's not going to affect your life in any way. Except for those shoes killed me, but yes. Yeah, it that really can does be it. a thing. You realize you're going to be on your feet a lot. Or, or realize that if you want to sit down, you need to make sure you're able to. In your costume. Or realize, like, all of those things Pete said, like, all these, can you do this, can you do that? If the answer is no, that doesn't mean it's a bad costume. It just means you may need what's called a handler, which is someone who follows you around in your outfit and makes sure you don't, like, collapse. And mm -hmm. that's, that's a thing. That you, that, yeah. That's good friends following 
good cosplay makers. Or, or just, you know, just, yeah. just be clever about it. I can't tell you how many people I've seen that have done really, really clever things with cosplay. Um, there was a guy who made a set of uh, N7 armor uh, for Dragon Con about two or three years ago. Armor What's from that? a sci-fi game from called Mass Effect. It's a video okay. game series. Uh, really, really cool looking stuff. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's the, it's the character, the series of armor that the main character wears. Uh, it's very futuristic sci-fi, uh, you know, like futuristic tactical it armor. It has an basically. N and a 7 on it, hence the name. It does have an N and a 7 <laughs> on it. Um, but what I'm getting at with that is, of course, you know, this armor covers their whole body. Yeah. Which meant he didn't have pockets anywhere. Um, so he rather cleverly built into the back of the chest plate a little section that you could lift one of pieces of armor up, and it had a little tiny pouch that held his phone and his wallet. Oh, and that's just, funny. he closed it back over it. And I was like, that's the kind of stuff that when you're making a costume, if you can't do something, that doesn't mean it's a bad cosplay. It just means you may need to make one or two minor modifications. Like, you know, if you're wearing gauntlets, make sure one of them at least is easy to pop off so you can do things like turn a doorknob or pull your mm. keys out of your pocket. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you're wearing a costume that's all clothing and you've sewn it yourself, make sure you sew pockets into it. I mean, you know, right. these legitimate things that you may need to take into account. Or carry just, a pouch. <laughs> or carry a pouch. Oh, my Some gosh. Some sort I've of become prop such a, that, that will I've become such a bag person. I mm. love bags. Bags are hot. We bags had a bag conversation on the convention episode. You really need to listen to that did one. I feel do. like you'd really dig it based on I everything you're saying. I did. I loved that episode. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> it was fantastic. I'm also a viewer and participating. But yeah, that's, that's something to keep in mind is that there are little pieces and, and parts of going into a cosplay that when you're thinking about wearing that, um, you know, does the fabric stretch? Is it comfortable? Is it bulky? Yeah. Is it heavy? And not just the considerations for you. I guess this is me going off maybe a level past where it necessarily should be. But if your if your cosplay includes a really big prop, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, a spear through someone's chest. Yeah, a spear through somebody's chest. That was a really fun prop. Maybe you should include a video <laughs> of that somewhere. Anyway, I'll, I'll put a picture on the website before the day of. Just just there. <laughs> that was a really fun like one day half an afternoon build. It really was. Um, but say your character's got a really big, you know, I'm trying to think about, oh, like, okay, so Final Fantasy VII, uh, mm -hmm. Cloud, the main character, has a thing called a buster sword, and it's basically... It's giant. A, it's like a car door with a handle. Um, <laughs> and not where you'd open the car door, like a handle just sticking out of one end of it, and you swing it at somebody. It's a, it's obnoxiously large in a wonderful way. Um, right. less like a car door, more like a, a picnic bench with a handle. That's a better, that's a better, yeah. it's like a picnic bench yeah. with a handle. Yeah. Um, so if you've got something like that, and you've put all this time into this prop, um, you know, if you're carrying around the convention, is it something that you can set it down easily without damaging it? If you mm. accidentally hit somebody with the giant sword that you made, are they going to need a trip to the hospital? Yeah. Cause that's a real yeah. consideration. You know, I, I, like I said, I do a lot of building and a lot of props. Um, uh, you don't have to make everything from the core materials. That's something uh, that I think we can't, we can't avoid touching on that. Some weapons uh, or props you do have to check at conventions, uh, depending on what it's made of. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have like those stainless steel replica katanas, they're either going to make you check it or you're going to zip tie it so that it can't be drawn. Even like replica guns, uh, if they look real enough, they'll they'll tell you keep it holstered. They'll zip tie it. They'll have the zip tie. They'll zip tie it into the holster, and mm. that's just that's part of it because it's just crazy world we live in and you know they have to check these things so don't yeah. be discouraged and know that you're safe if you go to one of these yeah yeah and here's something fun to consider with this too is you don't have to well 
it, part of the fun of cosplay is making something impossible. And okay. what I mean by that is like um, the Iron Man armor. It's impossible. It doesn't exist. It can't exist. Yes, if it you does. tried Tony to make Stark it, made it. <laughs> I know he made it. He's fantastic. We love him to death. Um, speaking of method mm. acting, so anyway, um, if you tried to make that armor, even if you realistically made that armor out of aluminum mm -hmm. uh, or a very lightweight metal, you'd be almost immobile uh, with the sheer weight of it. Yeah. And the same is true if, you know, if your character carries a six foot long broadsword and he does it in one hand, if it's actual metal, it's going to drop to the ground like a stone. You're going to be dragging it around behind you and just hoping you can find someone to lift the end of it up for your picture. So that's kind of one of those things that comes into play. When you think of making a cosplay, you don't have to be able to make the actual object. You've just got to be able to build the replica of it, whether it's made out of foam, whether it's made out of plastic, whether it's made out of... Uh, cardboard with some creatively applied paint. You know, that's kind of one of the, the fun things about cosplays. It doesn't mean that if you are um, going as Tony Stark that you have to learn metalworking and craft right. this. There are... Um, or weapons so engineering. Many, right, or, you know, weapons engineering or, you know, build a generator. It, details, details. Um, but yeah, that's, that's half the fun of it when you get into these kind of things is, uh, is cosplay, again, for me, is circling back to being a maker. I love putting things together. I spend uh, easily 20 or 30 times as much time making my costumes as I do wearing them. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, the, the mace that I built this year was about four and a half feet long. Um, the head of it was close to like 14 inches long, about 10 inches across. I mean, it was a massive creation. It took me about nine hours total of work to get it, you know, carved and sculpted and sealed and painted and make it look, you know, do the leather on the handle, all those kind of things. Actually, that was one of the few ones that I've got. I've gotten almost as much use out of it in terms of like wearable time um, as I spent invested in it. But then if, if I count how much time I spent, you know, sewing tunics or hammering leather rivets or cutting and patterning pieces of armor, um, you know, you, you don't, it doesn't always work out that way. And you can kind of create your own level of involvement with it, I guess. Yeah. Well, and that, that's kind of, that's part of the question is, you know, how to get into cosplaying without getting into debt, because you can get into debt with materials from building, you know, speaking to your building stuff, but then there's yeah. also, you know, as I was finding out, just even trying to, to add to Nick's, um, dark mage costume that we've already mentioned, um, all the little bits and bobbles and pieces and it, they can be bought or they can be found or what like do you guys have any tips on getting into cosplay cheap take it slow um i yeah. know we said that already that's just why you, you don't need to wait for it to be complete like with what you're talking about with nick's thing uh pick one piece and upgrade it each year and get a new thing to add to it each year it keeps your old costume fresh because you're always adding and building the other tip i would say is start by scavenging uh when you look for things like at goodwill and other thrift stores for some of those bulkier main pieces tunics things like that you can sort of convert into from a large shirt okay um a, a lot of the filler pieces the inside pieces pants usually just black pants or whatever color you're going for you're going to get covered up by the boots covered up by other bits they're just pants people aren't really looking at the pants remember like we said they look at the flashy bit so yeah. Don't worry. I mean, unless you're all about going super authentic, which again, that's going to be expensive. 
you know, yeah. it, because because it costs a lot to make stuff that way. That's why stuff stopped being made that way. That's why they created sweatshops and industrial <laughs> revolution. It's because clothes are cheaper now. <laughs> Gotta love that industrial revolution. Yeah. Pete, what were you trying to say? I was going to say, you really can, you can do a balance, okay? Um, okay. And usually the balance is between time and money. For example, you can buy a really awesome costume. There are tons of people that make really phenomenal recreations. You can spend right. thousands and thousands of dollars on one costume if you buy it from somebody else who's already made it. Tony was mentioning that, buying right. pieces and going to Etsy and stuff like that, right? Right. So say you you know, you know buy a, a prop, um, you know, I'm just thinking of random. See, say you're doing a, a you know a Fallout 4 uh, costume, the video game, and you buy a prop rifle from a guy who makes rifles. You spend forty or fifty dollars on that, mm-hmm. um, and then you buy a blue jumpsuit for. So cheap. It's, it's, it's probably closer <laughs> to like two hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars if you get a decent replica. Then That's you're you know then you're for. buying a you know then you're buying a jumpsuit, but then you're having to custom get somebody who custom modifies it. So you spend sixty, eighty dollars on that. Then you're buying mm-hmm. boots that match. That's another hundred bucks for a decent pair of boots. You're getting belts and so pretty soon you've racked up five or six hundred dollars buying costume. Yeah. Or flip side of the coin. Yeah. You have lots of time, um, and you find a friend who has a sewing machine, and you, you know, sharpie on the right uh, decals onto a badge, and you sew it onto a, a blue painter suit that you got from Goodwill for like five bucks, and now you've got a, you know a Fallout 4 jumpsuit that has Vault 101 on the logo just like it's supposed to and you just take it out in the backyard and thrash around in the mud to make it good and dirty so it looks like it's the part. Now you've only spent like... I thought like, you were going to tell us to sew a ray gun. Like, I thought you were... That was like your next pattern is you were just going to stitch a ray gun out of fabric. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever works. So now you've, now you've spent like 10 or $15 and you've got a $150 garment. Um, right. And you grab sleep old... with a gun under their pillow. Pete sleeps on his gun as a pillow. <laughs> it's true. It's a delightful thing. And I prefer like a, a repeater actually over the ray gun. The ray gun have too many pokey bits that just aren't comfortable for sleeping on. See, Tony's here for color commentary and Pete's going to answer him seriously because <laughs> darn it. I've considered it. <laughs> We've known each other too long. On, on that subject... Say you've got a great big, you know, uh, rifle or ray gun that your your cosplay has, and you can spend several hundred dollars on a replica oh, yeah. ray gun or a replica mace or a sword, and it gets exponentially more expensive as you get to larger pieces. Yeah. So that's one thing to consider. Or, uh, you know, in the case of the the mace that I made this year, which I've seen similar pieces to it sold for upwards of like three hundred fifty, four hundred dollars, pretty pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. I spent. Uh, let's see, $8 for a wooden handle, leftover leather scraps that probably cost me about 3 or $4, some stain from a project I had used before that, but you could just as usually use shoe polish to stain the leather. Um, I bought floor mats from Harbor Freight for $9 and cut the foam into the shape for the metal head um, and painted it with spray paints. I think I spent like $40 maybe yeah. on that mace. Yeah. Um, so it comes down to, are you investing time or are you investing money? And seriously, it's not just time. It's, it's, it sounds like it's also a bit of skill, but there are, and I'm, I'm not really trying to plug us here, but there are shows and YouTube videos that do like help you do this. Absolutely. Pete happens to be making one. Yes. And I think he does a really good job, but there, there <laughs> you are You just don't want me to charge you again. Right. You just don't want me to charge you again for mentioning 30 yeah, right? something digital. So I'm <laughs> so going to mention it. There it is. Cha-ching. <sighs> <laughs> I, I can hear no, our system budget going away. <laughs> there, there's so much that I'm going to put on the web page as far as um, a lot of the cosplays that we're mentioning that we personally 
have have done um and then also yeah i'm gonna embed some of those you know some of the larp and cosplay videos where you explain some of this stuff and you show what you're doing like making the axe and stuff like that so that people can see yes you know the materials are are on the cheaper side but there are techniques you need to learn and you may need a tool or two it's actually not as involved as i even i would think it would be um but it's amazing what you can do with um an exacto knife or a box cutter and a dremel tool basically from yeah. from even, what I've gathered, even if all you got is is a box cutter, box cutter and hot glue, you can do amazing right. things. I'm not even joking. It's it's one of those things where that's that's where you come. People talk about the cost for cosplay. This is where ten foot pretty comes into play. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of things that look really ugly when they're two feet from your face, yeah. But in a photograph, they look gorgeous. Right. And right. that's uh, that's kind of the that's kind of the beauty of of cosplay is that it's it's all seen from that respective distance and it's all kind of seen through this haze of fandom mm -hmm. that we we see something and we love it and we want it to be real so we kind of invest a little bit of our own memory when we see someone in that costume that's that character that we love or that game we played uh you know it doesn't matter that you know that's a dude dressed up as you know samus from metroid because that was a chick it doesn't matter that you know it's a chick dressed up as as samus from super metroid but the character is six foot three and she's five foot four doesn't matter. It, it does not matter. It's, that's yeah. not what we're going for. Well, now, okay, I, I, I do want, I, I want this to be very short because I feel like so many other people have covered it and talked about it and the conversations can get, drive me a little crazy. So there's this whole conversation about, especially women, which I was going to have a woman on this panel besides myself, but, um, you know, ab about women cosplaying and sort of an appropriateness as far as how much you show although this is starting to extend to dudes i saw a lot of dude flesh this year um so <laughs> um man those morph suits don't help anything so um i i, I guess just a couple of words from each of you your thoughts uh tony i i've i've talked to your wife chrissy a little bit about consideration she's taken as far as when she you know cosplays and what what she feels is appropriate what she's comfortable in um so what what are your guys thoughts on appropriateness of cosplay people coming up to to ask to take your picture you know like that's gonna happen but how do you know if someone's being kind of skeezy or you know all of that like i said there, there's lots of conversation about it so so my thought on that is is legally at these conventions you have to cover um if you're a woman it's nipples and bottom genitals as well as um your butt crack i mean forgive me for being a little no. you know, vulgar there but that's that that, that is it for guys yeah. it's genitals and butt crack uh, you know double standard on boobs i guess <laughs> yeah it happens <laughs> what i think is it's whatever you're comfortable with within those guidelines i i, I think the judgment of what you wear and what is and isn't acceptable is going to be swayed by everyone's different set of morality mm. and you know, as far as people coming up, you've decided you're going to dress up as one of the, you know, characters that, you know, wears like a bikini and yeah, she kicks butt and, you know, is the most lethal thing ever. But now you're basically wearing a swimsuit with probably something really, you know, fancy props and things with it. You know, now someone wants to come up and take your picture and it's like, what are their intentions? It's like, I wouldn't worry too much about their intentions. Or if you are, I wouldn't wear that outfit. I'd pick a different cosplay. That yeah, right there. Okay. If okay. you're worried about somebody's intentions, just wear a different costume. It's, it's stuff you're comfortable with. Um, I've worn um, I've worn cosplay for for certain characters and whatnot that you know I wasn't wearing a shirt. I happen to have just you know 
leather armor braced across my chest or something like that. Um, and a six pack, but you know. <laughs> anyway. Um, Labor's a pain, right? <laughs> I was about to say, it's, isn't it normally the, the woman's line? Really? Yeah, but there's this thing where sympathy eating and i've never recovered from it my wife would be like i want another sandwich and i'd be like it's three in the morning and she would stare at me and i would make a sandwich but if i'm making a sandwich for her i might as well make one for me and that's of course i've never recovered from it Um, (laughs) but it happens um that's the other that's the other thing to keep in mind one if you're uncomfortable wearing it don't wear it if you're uncomfortable Mm. wearing it modify it till you're comfortable with it you know um girls i'm so sorry uh, most of your characters are probably designed by guys. The costumes are not always practical or even possible. Um, yeah. So modify them, change them. Yeah. Do whatever you have to do. It's, it's I not- will say that I like I am not the typical skinnier model esque person you're going to see in a lot of these things, like in comic books or movies or TV or. So any you're of that. a human being, not a drawing right. of That's a human being. No, right. no. There, there are plenty. I, I, I don't. I don't want to get into that because there are people who look like that and they're not any mm. less valid. No, there are. I know okay. plenty there of are. them. You're right. Let's not get into plenty, it. I, I there are plenty of cosplayers too. I mean, like I've seen them on convention floors. I'm like, I could never pull that off. But what what is important about that thought is, no, I couldn't pull off the outfit they're wearing. But I'm, I'm all for what you're talking about, Pete, as far as make it comfortable for you. Because I've started thinking and starting getting more into fashion. What fits your body? And you can modify certain clothes. And it actually gets you more attention because it's modified. So that's, yeah, you know, that's, Tony, what you, what you were talking about earlier. Making it your own. That if I make something fit my body type, suddenly people are like, oh my gosh. Because I'm not ugly. Because they still recognize it and they appreciate yeah. The, yeah. the creativity that you, you expressed. Right. That's, that's and it a fits big my body. cosplay's for <laughs> Yeah, right. it's yeah, it fits made. your body. <laughs> that should also be what cosplay is for. <laughs> yeah, right. No, and that's kind of the fun of it. There's there's a lot of um, I, I well I, I was gonna say it's good. there's a lot of like almost like body modification that goes into that goes into cosplay and they go like the crazy end. There are people that wear stilts because they're too short for a that's certain character. True. Or they'll wear. You keep um, mentioning height. What is the height one that I'm not getting? It's because I secretly want to cosplay Samus Aran, but I'm like three inches too short and she's a chick. Oh, it's still gonna, and, and it's people still are going to show up with, with a seven-foot yardstick and measure him in the cosplay. I think I could no. do the heels, though. I want to play <laughs> Calhoun next to Nick playing Fix-It Felix, and I am no way, shape, or form that, that body type, but I may still do it. Oh, from Wreck-It Ralph? Yeah, if you do, let me know, because I... Never mind. Get into that later. <laughs> um, cosplay <laughs> ideas for the future. Um... <laughs> By this way, also happens when you cosplay. By the way, listeners, uh, if you have not seen Wreck-It Ralph, that's a fantastic thing to go see. And there are some really awesome cosplays from that that are not labor or time intensive. It's kind of one of those great examples of if you wanted to cosplay a character from Wreck-It Ralph, um, you know, you could cosplay uh, Vanellope, the main little character, who's basically a little girl in a hoodie with candy stuck in her hair. Yep. Um, yep. Crazy easy, really recognizable. You could even just get a wig and stick the candy to that, and then you wouldn't even have to mess up your own hair. Mm-hmm. No time, no real level commitment. You could do someone like uh, Calhoun, who is this uh, fantastic uh, female soldier, wears this, again, very futuristic uh, fitted armor and carries a pulse rifle, which would be, again, one of those things where you might be a little more inhibited as far as your movement goes, but still pretty easy to move around. Um, or you could do something uh, like cosplay one of the the um, the futuristic soldiers in the movie that, that hunt the cybernetic bugs. And then you're talking about making a massive cosplay that's probably going to make it hard to get through doors. 
Um, and then you could even go so far as, well, I want to cosplay one of the creature characters from that movie that's like the the cybernetic bugs. And now I've got to figure out a way to attach, you know, two new legs to me and <laughs> l- put lights in the costume and get three people to help me get in and out of it. And mm. that that's how cosplay works. So, like, if you love a movie or a character, you can pick what level you want to go into it at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just play with it from there. Have fun with it. And, you know, if you need to modify it because you're not a nine-foot-tall Wreck-It Ralph character and you buy some big foam hands and a shirt and stuff it full of pillows to make it look like you've got Wreck-It Ralph shape, guess what? There's not a yardstick next to you in the picture. Nobody's gonna notice. <laughs> Just wear it well, and have More fun accurately, with it. they're gonna appreciate your effort and your love and your desire yeah. to cosplay. They're not. The attitude generally is not to beat up what doesn't look right or what isn't correct or accurate, but rather to appreciate the effort that's being made. And you should also go into cosplay, like seeing other people's cosplay with that attitude. I don't. I don't think we. I don't know if we said it, but one of the big things about cosplay being a group thing is, it is very socially acceptable for you to go to someone who has cosplay you like and go, "That looks great." Like interrupt them, walk up to them, stop them, and say, "I love mm-hmm. what you're wearing." Like that is a socially acceptable thing to do, and I would encourage you to do it because these people have spent a lot of time. I know I spent a lot of time on things, and then when no one <laughs> says anything, I kind of yeah. feel like, oh. And, and that's not really not the case. It's just I did wrong crowd or somebody said something I didn't hear. I'm, a lot of my stuff has like hoods or helmets and my wife has to tap me and say somebody said nice costume because I'm already like past them and I can't hear. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, thanks. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, always, always, always go up to these people and say that looks great. That's awesome. You know, you, you are allowed to do that. You're allowed to ask for their picture. And most times they'll, they'll that's like the biggest form of flattery is somebody wanting to take their picture. Absolutely. Yes, please immortal, immortalize yeah. this work that I've invested, you know, three months of my life in. Or make me feel awesome for wanting to immortalize this thing I threw together last night. Right. Both of those are cool experiences. I will say, I, I think I'm also going to embed the video, the the TED Talk, I think it was, that Adam Savage did about cosplay. Because he explains a lot of the the nuance of cosplay very well. The fact that the play part that you guys have already mentioned and yeah. that's part of the pictures and that's part of what, everything you guys are describing um, that that he actually mentions and says these aren't these aren't people they may have, yeah okay you may have thrown the costume together uh, you know last night but but more likely than not you've you've been working on poses and how you're going to act yeah you talk about the nuances like you you get into it and somebody's like oh may I take your picture and you don't just turn around and grin you know for me it was like and this is, again, cosplay can be done in any circumstance. Uh, I recently dislocated my knee just a few weeks before we went to the convention. Um, so I was hobbling around as a divine holy warrior clad in armor carrying a massive mace on a crutch. Yep. Um, and here's the thing. is like whenever somebody said, you know, can, can I get your picture? There, there is a thing. It's like I have to become that character for a second just for the fun of it. So I can't tell you how many times I dramatically just pitched the crutch to the side and stood on the on the good leg and you you literally that these are people that when we get in these costumes they, well i'm more vain than most people but you spend a little while in front of a mirror going how does my face look if i do this I do this. that's true it's better from this angle do i you know I, if I i've got you, this yeah, mace doing that after a few cosplays because you see pictures of yourself and you wait that's the face i was making okay right, right, right. we're gonna work on this yeah. yeah or or even you know you've got this massive in my case what i spent the most time on was i had built this really awesome prop kind of by accident. I wanted people to see this mace that I had made that I was so proud of and so happy with, especially being such a short project. 
Um, but there were more than one time that I sat there and go, okay, if I hold it at this angle, can you actually see the mace? Would it be better if I clasped it in front of me? Like, I'm modeling the mace like I'm trying to sell it or something like this. Well, you worked on it. You want to make sure it's seen. Right, right. Important things to think about. There's going to be so many things on the website that people are going to need to, need to look at. Like, all these stories are fantastic and everything you guys are saying is, is fantastic. But cosplay is so visual. visual. So, there. Yeah. I mean, seriously, listeners, I, I don't think I've ever put uh, anything visual, to be honest, uh, except for, for the, the Weekend Geek stuff. Um, I've never put that on, on the website before. Definitely go to the website for this cosplay episode because there's going to be plenty of things to check out and sort of correlate with everything we're talking about. J- Jess, I think your listeners would really appreciate a uh, picture of you as Velma just so they can see the likeness. It's going, it's going to be on there just right. like my Zoe and just like Pete's Paladin and everything else I have pictures of, um, a... which is a lot of things. So, um, what are what are your favorite costumes and or props from your collection? And don't name everything in your collection. I know you love everything you got, but what's some of your favorites? So favorite all-out cosplay that I have. Ooh. I mean, I love my John Crichton, but that's more for nostalgia. I love Farscape, and that was the first one I did. I, there it's was a pretty podcast. rocking cosplay, though. Yeah, I, I was there. Was a I bought the vest before I knew what the show was, and someone told me what the show was from, and that's how I Are learned about serious? it. Are you serious? Yeah, I said that yep. another uh, podcast actually. I did not remember that. Yeah, first he bought that. He bought that vest. The cool first time leather he went vest. To I was. I'm really big into leather vests, and I didn't. This was my first one, my first purchase. I was wearing it. Someone goes, "Oh, Farscape." I went, "Oh, what?" Because <laughs> remember, the whole story is, is Farscape's made by the Henson Company. I love the Muppets. Right. They did a right. sci-fi. What? So that's how I fell in love with the show. That's how I later found out, when I found out that my wife, had, who wasn't my wife at the time, had heard of the show. That's why I asked her out. This show is very pivotal, and that vest is the start of my discovery of that show. So That is so funny. Yeah. I mean, cosplay, man. And that was one of the things my wife found interesting about me uh, when we first started was that I cosplayed, and she'd always wanted mm-hmm. to get into that. And so I was kind of her an introduction into that world. And so it's, it's yeah, it's got to be my, my favorite overall, like has the most meaning to me prop. Mm. Uh, there's one that I kind of wish I didn't get. It was because of the amount of money I spent on it. It was made by a company, really great company at making replicas. I don't want to hate, hate on the company called it uh, QMX. Mm-hmm. They make really great replicas of everything like cosplay wise. And the problem is, is it's also very, very expensive because you're getting the quality that you pay for. Mm-hmm. And I bought a gun belt and holster for Mal, Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly. You did? Yeah. Oh, wow. And the thing was the upper end of triple digits. And I hardly even wear that outfit anymore. And you hardly ever see the gun belt. And it's already, of course, because I put a replica of the gun in there, which I spent not nearly as much on. It's already yeah. getting the scratches on the leather because... Then they well, said this, if you're going to use it, it's going to get worn. And I was like, this is just, this was just ridiculous. This was just the wrong idea. <laughs> that was, oh. that was me trying too hard to look exactly like the character and every right. detail for every buckle, every snap. And that's, that was my new move. Uh, gotcha. was spending way too much money. So that would be kind of my warning. Uh, my favorite overall cosplay is actually a group cosplay with my wife. We do two characters from the game Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, yes. We do uh, the main character and the uh, female lead. It's more about the look and the fun and the love of the story. It's not about, again, it's like, it's not about, oh, well, I'm this character, so you have to be this character's love interest because we're married. Right. No. Uh, There's an anime that we like called Full Metal Alchemist, and I play one character, and my wife plays the character that killed him. 
does who does Chris now that play seems like that? the right relationship though <laughs> if you're a cynic <laughs> um chrissy plays envy from full metal alchemist oh that's right i remember of, seeing that it, now. again it's a cross gender of course he's sort of androgynous but yeah cross gender like evil character and i play maze hughes who was a soldier who gets bleep wait spoiler he gets killed <laughs> whatever by this point okay yeah. yeah 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 okay um and and as a, a quick aside again just sort of throwing in my personal noob experiences uh, i remember years ago tony when you asked me if i would cosplay um if that was if that was something that i did or something you know that i would want to do and I, I think my answer at the time was no because I, I thought <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought it was a little weird, um, admittedly, although I don't think that was part of my reason at the time. But a bigger part of the reason is just being uncomfortable with yourself, not being very not being very comfortable in your own skin or not being very comfortable um, not being yourself, like acting a different part or something like that. And yeah, um, I remember your reaction. You made me feel a little self-conscious for asking in the first place. <laughs> It's Lovely. cool. We're cool now, everybody. Don't worry. We're <laughs> uncomfortable crickets. Insert here. Um, yeah. It since then, constantly seeing you guys. So that was like six or seven years ago, and seeing you guys, seeing your group cosplay so much. I mean, why do you think I I did cosplay a little bit my first Dragon Con when I'm actually around a bunch of really fun cosplayers? Because there, that was a, a great entry point, you know. It was it was a lot of fun trying to break that barrier and trying to be more comfortable with myself. Um, it helps that I'm married now, and you know my husband loves the way I look, and so trying to play those characters, all I have to do is turn to him and go, "Am I pretty?" And he's like, "Yeah," and I'm <laughs> great again. It's it's fantastic. Um, and there's plenty Good of characters man. that <laughs> there's it's plenty not of like characters. He has to lie. <laughs> It helps to have a good template. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I, I think the part that I'm still trying to um, break through is actually acting those characters, like role playing and being comfortable being someone else like that, like basically being comfortable not being yourself um, and, and breaking out in a completely different way. So noobs, I want to encourage you and just say, that that does come with practice it comes with time it comes with wonderful friends in some cases oh, yeah. great husbands and uh and the more and, or wives. and it works out yes right. and the more you do it the the more common it's going to feel it's you're, you'll realize this isn't mm. nearly as strange uh it's as, a blast. As people who don't do it it's a little bit of an aside but when pete and i were at the uh, at an sca uh convention the uh, society for creative yeah, Society, Society for, for Creative, creative Mechanism. It's sort of like people who reenact medieval times. Because they're so focused on reenactment and things like that, we were talking to this one woman who about cosplay and about conventions, and she was kind of, you know, talking about it like it was childish or silly. And then, But then she had the foresight to go, well, you know, but I do this, and this is kind of like that. Yeah. It is like and, that. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny how there are people who see what they do as different, but this sort of stuff is done all the time in different ways mm. we we joke but really when you wear a, a sports jersey with the player on the back and you paint their colors you're cosplaying you're cosplaying if anything that character that that athlete or at least showing your yeah. love for them yeah and your admiration yeah. you know you don't have to pretend to be you know roethlisberger to wear a steelers jersey but wearing the jersey with his name on it is kind of a way to show the support same 
Okay, Tony Roethlisberger, he's the quarterback for the Steelers. Figured I'd fill it in for you. I was thinking that was some local burger joint, but okay. Oh, no, it's, it's okay. Good try. Um, but no, seriously, like that's that's the thing is that we don't realize how much we cosplay in our daily lives. Um, whether it's dressing up to go out on a date with our spouses, whether it's um, you know a I Halloween love that party, comparison. whether it's uh, you know a jersey. Because you know, I mean, I want to look like a prince if I'm I'm taking my my lady to dinner. I do. <laughs> I I'm I may or may not uh, embody that character a little more. Maybe hold the door open for just a bit longer. Pull the chair out, even if she doesn't ask me to. All these are kind of things. Like it's mm-hmm. it's part of a, a role in a character. Oh, sorry. Let me get back to one other thing. Uh, so, um, <laughs> speaking of Pete, uh, costumes cosplay and dating props. that needs to be another episode. That's a really weird episode to start with. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So my favorite prop that I ever built, um, and I'm sure you'll put a link to it somewhere. Uh, my friend Matt said to me about five years ago that he wanted a hammer for a barbarian costume. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, okay. He's like, no, I want a like a big hammer. And I'm like, like Thor's hammer. He's like, no, that looks like tiny. I don't want Thor's (laughs) hammer. I want like a real hammer, like a man's hammer. Like, like, and he just keeps, he keeps keeps making these like guttural noises and then holding something in midair that he was envisioning that didn't exist yet. Um, And so I did sketch work for him and I sent it out and it was my first big prop that I ever built. And Mm -hmm. I built it with almost no experience and almost no tools. Um, and every time I look at it, I love it because it's five years later and he still loves it. I will add at this point that the pictures that I'm going to put up, uh, of course, Matt's going to be uh, going to be holding it. But the other person in the picture is going to be from Weta, a makeup artist from Weta who said that it was camera ready and just as good as tons of stuff that Weta. Weta is the one who does <laughs> Lord of the Rings, by the way. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, just as good as, as a lot of their work. So so there you go. little plug for you. Pete. I appreciate you. Um, but that that's my favorite prop because that's the first time I attempted something that wasn't possible. Mm. It's a mace that if it were actually made out of metal would weigh like 350 pounds. It's not physically possible. So that's what you right. mean by not possible. You don't mean it's not possible to create the prop. You mean it's not po- this isn't something that could exist in the real world and function. No. But when but when my when my friend when my friend Matt is holding this hammer and he's got it propped over his shoulders and he's wearing his armor, it looks real. You believe that it exists, even if it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and that was the first time that I really had, um, really had cosplay kind of make me believe I could create something that wasn't possible. And it was fantastic. I loved it. My favorite costume, though, actually, it was probably it was probably my Sith costume, which uh, a friend of mine bought for me. Uh, because I didn't have time and I didn't know how to use a sewing machine. So I, I it was one of those things like, yeah, it'd be really cool, but there's no way I'd be able to pull it off. I don't have the, the skill set. I don't have the gear and equipment. So a friend of mine gave it to me, uh, and it was, it was fantastic. And we got it in preparation for a, um, a cruise. We're going on a Disney Star Wars cruise. Uh, so yeah. what better time to cosplay a bunch of Jedi and Sith then on a boat in the middle of the ocean at night when you have glowing sort you know lightsabers and stuff right so yeah that's uh that's a really nice friend he had there too just just throwing that in there he's a swell <laughs> guy of course of course and um yeah, it's it's also fun talking about the cruise just that there were you know there are so many events now that are really catching on to like allowing like this sort of cosplay element it brings so much more fun to what what you're doing no matter what the event is 
it's officially it's officially normal to wear stormtrooper armor to a Disney park. Just mm -hmm. saying, they own that. <laughs> so have fun with it. I mean, it. normal. Just know that you're probably going to end up dehydrated. <laughs> so you guys have mentioned, you know, some of your favorite pieces and everything. Um, one story, a quick one, uh, where you were you were particularly encouraged in the cosplay that you were wearing or it brought lots of joy to someone else or whatever just one of your one of your favorite cosplay stories oh hands down um i uh, wanted to do a, a really quick costume uh, it was before i got my my star wars sith cosplay and i wanted to do something star wars related but i didn't have time to put together a whole costume um, so I walked into my garage and I stared around for a minute and I had a piece of uh, soundproofing insulation foam um, and some other things lying about. So I cut the soundproofing foam into wings for a TIE fighter and I used an old candy bowl that I painted over to make the cockpit. And I, I wore the cockpit on my chest and I held the wings out to either side and I pretended to be a starship. Um, and I had so much fun with it. Mm. that a friend of mine was like, oh my gosh, I want to make one of those too. So we took leftover phone, we built one for him too. Keep in mind, this is like third grade level craftsmanship. I'm talking like... <laughs> no, actually, it's really, really amazing. And Pete's kind of a genius, but let's continue. It's, it's literally, it's like old candy bowl, leftover paint from making a bunk bed for one of my daughters and and Sharpie marker. And it's just, it it's so much fun to wear. Because literally it was like, I, I couldn't cover my whole body. So right. the next logic is I'm holding the two wings. I'm wearing the cockpit on my chest. I'll just wear Star Wars pajamas. That way I'm comfortable. So I run around mm -hmm. the Star Wars. Pajamas, and it was fantastic. And my friend Matt made one too. And we were just running around Dragon Con, literally dogfighting through the hallways of the hotels and across things um, to repeated applause and cheering. And, you know, people in, in, in costumes and cosplays that from, from crafting this stuff, I know they invested hundreds if not thousands of hours in that wanted to get a picture with us because we'd yeah. thrown together some foam and cheap paint and and done something that we had fun with it and that that's my favorite experience because it was like grand total for both tie fighter costumes maybe like 30 dollars of yeah. leftover junk and technically it was free because i already had all of it but like 30 dollars worth of leftover junk in my garage right and we made two costumes and and we're a total hit oh it was so much fun it was literally <laughs> it was just a blast it was like we got pictures with guys in like full-blown like darth vader uh mm -hmm. get-ups that were think it was awesome we both got pictures with a guy who had a remote controlled r2d2 that he built uh we found a tie fighter pilot a guy dressed as a tie pilot yeah so we got a picture of of like him standing in the middle of us with his thumbs up and us on the other side of him going hey we found our pilot oh man so you know that, that just that for me comes back to um it doesn't take a huge investment of time or of money right. or of materials or of experience right there's a costume that me and matt put together in a total of like four or five hours total for both of us to make both of them and literally stuff that you can get from like home depot and the kids section of michael's awesome also Pizza genius. So, Tony, what's yours? What what kind of story you got? Actually, that was good. I went last because it helped me uh, remember it. The one where the the cosplay I have where I get the the most response has to be the one that's the most recognized. Most of mine are if they're recognized, they're kind of bland or not recognizable at all, mm -hmm. and they're not they don't have a lot of bells and whistles. I like more obscure things based on the character and like who is that character and what I like about them. So now I'm going to emulate that character. 
But mm-hmm. one I did just because I uh, I wanted my brother to do his best friend was Maze Hughes from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I've mm-hmm. mentioned him already, but I was mm-hmm. getting my brother to cosplay, and his favorite character on that show is the more like, you know, kick Mustang. butt, you know, yeah, no messing around Mustang. He he oh. has the he has the, uh, the the power to like snap his fingers and cause a big explosion and stuff like that. Versus my guy's his best friend technically same rank in the military they're in but you know he's he's the family man kind of the the happy upbeat goober type of guy and really he's just he's got his priorities straight if you ask me he, he knows what's important <laughs> and we've already spoiled it yes he dies in the show and it's actually very emotional for anybody who's a fan of the show and there are mm-hmm. lots of fans of the show it's an anime it's a japanese animation Mm-hmm. What ends up happening is, is I walk around as him. I I went so far as to get my I was I was due for a new pair of glasses. I found a frame pair of frames that matched what he wears. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the outfit and everything, but I can walk around as him solo. I look kind of like him, and then I get my hair cut and spike it up a little bit, and it's yeah, pretty... whatever. He looked just like him. It was creepy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it does freak some people out, but I have people screaming at me from down an aisle at a vendor floor, coming to take, you know, get a hug with me or whatever, or take you know, a picture with me, and also tell me too soon because you know he died. Oh, they're like, oh no, that's course. horrible. But you know, I don't. What I do is is because in the show the character is such a family man and always trying to show everybody pictures of his daughter and pictures of his wife. I'd print it out like a picture of the actual like anime character with his family oh my god and so i go well okay you can take a picture but my family has to be in the picture too and i pull out this picture and then they just like gush (laughs) and fall apart because at first when i do that like i do it in character and not everybody expects the role play so they're looking at me like what's wrong with this guy and then they see that i'm in character and they just love it and oh that's fantastic that's my favorite and my wife who does the character who kills my character Mm mm-hmm is basically just wearing a black athletic suit. Like you could go to the gym in this outfit. Mm-hmm. It's and, and a wig. And the problem is, is it's the same thing you had being Zoe. Is she doesn't look like that character again? It's an anime. No one looks like their character except me, yeah. apparently. And so, and I also picked the most human-looking person ever in anime. Right. Right. And so she gets missed. She's walking right next to me. And people ask for my picture, not realizing she's standing right there, and you totally yeah. want to send a picture together because we can do. We get like action poses ready and stuff like that because yeah. I've got the little like dagger he uses and things like. It was. It, it's. I'm. I'm going on. I'm sorry. It's a lot of fun to do yeah. those too. I think that's a great note to end on. Just the how fun it is to be that immersive and have people who. I. I Matt mentioned this on the convention episode, but I'm going to reiterate: not everybody cosplays. Um, if you're not comfortable with it, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. More than likely, you're going to show up and you're going to want your picture taken with people because they're some of your favorite characters. It's a situation that Tony just described. You're, you're, it's, a, it's a way to connect with those characters that you never imagined. You never imagined you'd see them in real life. You know, And some of these people do it so well or do it with so much love that you, know, you, you suddenly realize, you suddenly understand you know, a little bit about what, what cosplay is all about. Yeah, that moment where you're like, I, I hugged Maze Hughes today, or, you know, <laughs> I, I hugged Crichton today, or, or I got a picture with so-and-so, and you're, you're referencing this character that you, that you got a picture with, and that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the wonderful, awesome magic of, of cosplay, is that I've never had somebody go, oh my gosh, that's Pete! I want a picture with Pete. I don't care. <laughs> Nobody wants a picture with Pete. That's not important. Let's wait for your show to just get a little more popular, and then we'll start to see that. 
but I have had somebody like, oh man, awesome Sith costume. Or, oh man, that's, you know, mm -hmm. great TIE fighter costume. And that's the whole thing is, do you, you don't have to be, you don't have to worry about what people think about you. You don't have to worry about being comfortable with what you think um, or what you look like. Yeah. You're, you get to become something that people inherently love. Well, awesome. Um, I, I look forward to future conversations. I appreciate you guys coming on and, and giving us your take of things. Cause um, you know, Pete, you've already mentioned you're a builder. So there, there's a lot of really great tips and tricks on, on this episode. And then we're going to have another episode um, where we talk to someone who's a little bit more on the seamstress cloth side and has made hundreds, if I remember correctly, hundreds of costumes um, for herself. So uh, if going, if, if you, want to prep for that uh because I'm, I'm not entirely sure how these episodes are going to air you can go to keldar k-e-l-l-d-a-r.com and sort of prepare yourself uh because she's intense and I, i've never met her so I'm, I'm not saying her personally uh i'm saying these costumes are insane so yeah thanks for joining me tonight guys and giving me a really great perspective on cosplay really love some of the things you've said about it and i think it's going to give our noobs um hopefully a, a little bit of oomph to go out and try it themselves Awesome. Excellent. Thanks for listening to another podcast of Gateway Geek. You can find links to everything we mentioned, yes, everything, on our website, entergatewaygeek.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for geeking out.